evening and welcome to episode 6.1 of the Online Warriors podcast. Season 6 is upon us. Uh, you're probably wondering why is there a new season? And, um, you know, it's just uh, we're turning over a new leaf. It's August. Isn't isn't this being released on the first day of August? Is that what we're going with? Uh, I think it's, it's going to be the 31st of July, but close enough. Yeah, you got to do the knuckle and finger trick. Come on. I, you know, I've actually never known how to do that. I, and like, there's like this, that rhyme thing you can do too. I, I don't know any of it. I just, I'm on a wing and a prayer over here. Um, episode 6.1. Uh, so welcome. Uh, as I said, this is an opportunity for, for a fresh start and some, and some personal growth, but, uh, there's still three of us. And uh, I'm Illegal86, and you've already heard both Nerd Bomber and Tactic One hanging in the background. Hey yo! Yeah, hello everybody. Um, got a lot to talk about this week. Uh, we're going to be discussing the long-awaited Zombieland Two trailer, um, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, we're going to talk about Roger Goodell, you know, our, everyone's favorite NFL commissioner, and really the only NFL commissioner. Um, and uh, yeah, they're facing the music over some. Uh, non-calls last season that some people probably remember. And we're also going to be talking about the gameplay trailer for the Blair Witch game, uh, which is also pretty exciting. Um, so, yeah, let's just dive right into it uh, and, uh, you know, skip the pomp and circumstance and just dive right into Zombieland 2. So, first of all, um, well, we all watched the trailer. Um, when did Zombieland 1 come out? It's been like 15 years or something. Uh, not quite. I think it's been 10 years, but a very, very long time. And I feel like I've been waiting for a sequel to this movie forever because I think they announced that they were interested in doing one pretty shortly after the movie came out and did really well. But then I think because of the cast and just how busy they were, it took forever to get everyone back together. Yeah, it's and yeah, I did look it up. It's exactly 10 years. I know it's been in, the, in talks for a while and I, I know at one point, there was a TV show in the works. Did the TV show ever happen? There was a TV show that was being discussed, like one of those Amazon Prime things or something. It might not have gotten like fully greenlit or something, but... um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think that one ever happened. Actually, I hadn't heard of that. I would have been super excited if it did come out, though. I'm hoping they start this one kind of like in SpongeBob where the voice comes 10 years later. Because while the adult characters don't look like they age much, the little girl obviously is like a teenager now. Yeah, I think yeah, I forgot it, what set it was. It might have been IGN, but they did like a cast comparison between then and now. And for the most part, they all aged really well. And then Abigail Breslin just grew up like kids do. We have some new faces as well. Um, a couple people, Luke Wilson, Rosario Dawson. Uh, the one that I was most excited about was Thomas Middleditch. I like Thomas Middleditch a lot. Um, even though I don't watch, like, Silicon Valley is the thing that he's, like, super famous for, I think. But I don't even, I don't watch that. I just like him when I see him. I around. love how awkward he is. I'm really surprised you haven't seen Silicon Valley. I've been told that it's for me. I just, you know, it's one of those, I, I don't know. I plead guilty to that. I haven't gotten around to it. But, um... It seems like he's essentially playing um, the Bizarro World version of Columbus, and then Luke Wilson is playing the Bizarro World version of um, Tallahassee. So it seems like it's a pretty good concept. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on here. So they're um, they're at the White House at one point. Um, the thing that makes me sad is my favorite part of Zombieland One, 
was the Bill Murray part. And they can't do the Bill Murray part again, right? Because they killed him. So they yeah. can't bring Bill Murray back. Yeah, but you don't know what other cameos might happen. I, I would not be shocked if they have some kind of presidential cameo somehow. I mean, who was in office? I'm trying to think 10 years ago. Was that Bush? Oh, my God. What if they got Obama? Actually, yeah, Obama wouldn't make any sense. Or was Obama it Obama? Was Man, where does time go? I feel like I yeah, have no in, sense of time. In 2000, and, yeah, Obama got elected in 2008. Maybe they got Obama. Oh, my God. That you would got be me so excited. For something that might not happen. Like, because I was just going through my mind and I wanted to ask you guys, like, okay, they can't use Bill Murray again. Who is a zombie? Like, what's a zombie cameo that would be as funny and as well received as the Bill Murray cameo? Because, like, I don't know. My, my first thought is, like, Steve Buscemi. Well, my, my celebrity really cameo that comes to mind, just without even thinking about it, honestly, Britney Spears. Britney yeah, that'd be good, too. Spears. Where did you pull well, that one time, out of? At the time, she was really famous, right? Like around that time? Well, she's yeah, been famous since the 90s on. She just hasn't really had a downfall. Even when she was doing the whole shaving the head thing, people loved her still. I'm trying to think, who know. was super popular 10 years ago besides Britney Spears? 2009. So I, okay, so I would have been, let's back this out. I would have been a high school junior. Um... I mean, probably like Justin Timberlake was probably really big around that time too. Oh, way to take my Disney stars. I mean, it's true. Justin and Britney, they go hand in hand. Speaking of Justin's, I bet Justin Bieber was really popular around that time. No, I would not like him as a cameo. Get out of here. I'm not saying I'd like him as a cameo. I'm saying who, if you're asking who was popular at that time, I feel like it had to be Justin Bieber. It might've been like right when he hit the scene. Yeah. yeah, but fun cameo. Steve Buscemi, is that your final answer? I think Steve Buscemi would be funny just because he already looks like a zombie, like as a person. So they'd be like, is this a zombie or just, just Steve Buscemi? There's way better, more fun Steve. Steve Ooh. Carell. Steve Carell oh, would be good. good. Or that was also about the time when Avengers started getting really big. Pick your Avenger. That would be fun. Yeah, Iron Man came out in 2008. So... Robert Downey Jr. That would be a lot of fun. I got it. Nope, nope. You're forgetting the main one. Not Morgan Freeman. Um, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson? Samuel L. Jackson, yes. <laughs> I feel like that might have been a little racist what just happened. <laughs> but um, no, I, I I think Robert Downey Jr. would be too... It's too raw. We're still too raw there. Like, I can't see a dead Robert Downey Jr. I'm not All the right. more not reason there. why we should do it. I mean, that is kind of the sense of humor of the Zombieland writers, I would, I would imagine. But um, these are all some really good ideas, I think. I think the Obama idea is the best idea still. But I think even if they the don't get is, him, I think they could get like, who, somebody just played Obama in something. And I can't remember what movie it was. Uh, was it Peel? I don't remember. Yeah, Jordan Peele has done it in a few things. Uh, he would Jay be a Farrow does a really good uh, impression as well. No, but but picture Samuel L. Jackson going around throwing the MFs like he does. Oh, killing zombies would be a riot. Get these mother effing zombies off this mother effing truck. I was going to say I plane, mean, but there's no planes. The point here is that like when you think about it i mean we've been talking about this for like five minutes 
and just like spitballing ideas basically and it's been super super easy so it, it kind of like to me it begs and these i think these some of these are good ideas so like it begs the question of why did it take them this long to get this going and i did actually look uh a tv series for zombie land was greenlit uh in looks like 2012 it was originally ordered by CBS, but then uh, Amazon actually ordered a pilot, and it, it again had the original writers Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese, um, who they're on Zombieland two, and they also are responsible for Deadpool. Uh, for those that don't know, so I guess that's another thing they were up to, and that was why maybe some scheduling conflicts happened. Ooh, one more, but, uh, one more. Christopher Walken's that'd be another good one. I don't like these zombies all over here. Get out of here, zombies! Well, so are you wanting a? Uh, because the Bill Murray cameo, he didn't. I don't think he even. I don't think he talked because he was like a zombie. You're wanting a cameo from someone who's still like alive. I he thought, talked. No, he was Bill, alive in the beginning. Yeah, Bill Murray definitely was alive and he talked. He was actually um, masquerading as a zombie so that the zombies wouldn't come oh. after him. Oh, you know what? You're right. Well, I gotta watch this movie again. You have to do it um, quick because it's leaving Netflix soon. It's on Netflix. Apparently, it's on Netflix. I, I always, every month, I watch, like, what's coming and leaving Netflix for the next month. And Zombieland was listed as something that's going to be leaving. So, it's definitely on there, according to most lists that I saw. And I need to catch up before it goes away. I didn't know it was ever on. Check it out, folks, wow. before it uh, goes away. Or as Crystal Walkers would say, check it out. You'll have fun. I mean... Zombieland was probably one of my favorite movies in the year that it came out and even a few years after because it was really heavily played on HBO and I watched it all the time because it was one of those movies that you could just pick up when you're doing something. You don't have to watch the entire thing. Like if you caught the last half hour, it was still fun. I, I wouldn't like I don't think I would consider myself like a super fan. Like I've, I think I've only seen it the one time and it was like it was good. But like. I don't think I've found a reason to watch it since then. I remember like the big, I remember like the big jokes, like the Bill Murray scene and like the Twinkies and they're like in his house, like making like a, a pillow fort and stuff. And, but yeah, there's, there's two major things I'm hoping for. Well, three major, obviously we're all looking for some kind of cameo. The other one is I really enjoyed the lessons that they always showed, like the double tap and all the other stuff. That, oh, the rules! Yeah, yeah, that found that I found was fantastic. And in in the trailer, we did see that he taught was teaching rules to that other girl. I forget her name. She was pretty much like a, I would call her Bubblegum. The new one who showed up. Yeah, I don't know if we know her. Name. Let's call her Bubblegum because she's fun and pink and bubbly. I don't know. Um, we're gonna call her Bubblegum for now. But he was teaching her the rules, which means they're probably going to be covered. The other thing that I'm hopeful for, which is my number, my number three, is that the plot isn't as black and white as we saw in the trailer. It seems like it's going to be, they have their family, they have their close-knit group. The one gets taken away from the group and the rest of the movie is them trying to get her back. I hope there's more to it than that. So I just looked up what that girl's name is. By going to the Wikipedia. First of all, her name is Madison, as in Madison, Wisconsin, because they're all named after cities. Um, in doing so, I got spoiled for more than one cameo. <laughs> so I would advise against doing that. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I want to know more about that, and you go look. Um, I'm not going to say, obviously, but there's like 
they got some good people. Is any of our guesses correct? Um, I think one. I think there's one of these names here. I think we've said. Is it Britney I'm Spears? Not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anymore because I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the listeners for. It's Britney. Bitch. A, a movie they might really be looking forward to. Um, I'm just excited for more Tallahassee. I think he was the best character. And I think he's going to be more of himself. There's no reason for him to change based on who his character is. Um, so I'm overall just a- excited to see how these characters grew. And especially like if you think about when this movie came out, all of these actors, like they were obviously well established. Like Emma Stone, she was in Super Bad. I'm not sure if EZA had come out at that point. Um, but she was pretty early in her career. Abigail Breslin was obviously still a child. Um, even Woody Harrelson, like he hadn't really caught his second wind. I think Hunger Games really propelled him back into the spotlight in terms of acting. Um, so it'll just be interesting. And even like Jesse Eisenberg, I don't think he was in that was many his. movies. I think it was his like second movie after Adventureland or something like that. Um, so it'll yeah, it just, was his like breakthrough role. Yeah. So I, I think it'll just be interesting to see how these characters and how these actors have all developed because I think they're all either Academy Award nominees or some of them are winners. I don't remember. I know Emma Stone has at least won one. She won, didn't she? Yeah, she won for La La Land, I think. Yeah. Woody, Woody Harrelson has to have won at least once. Jesse I mean, Eisenberg, I do not think, has won. I think they've all at least been nominated for an award. So just to see how these actors have evolved. And honestly, they were some of my favorite characters. Like I enjoyed Emma Stone in Superbad, but I didn't actually like like her as an actress and go out of my way to like see movies that she was in until I saw Zombieland. By the way, I totally looked up the cast and I am very excited. That is all I'm saying. Okay. So you spoiled yourself along with me. Wow. It's thank you for doing that. Now I can at least talk to someone about it. Um, Jesse Eisenberg was nominated for an Academy Award, by the way. He was nominated for The Social Network. He didn't win, but um, yeah, should be very exciting. Zombieland 2, uh, when does it come out? I believe it's October 18th, 2019, according to the show notes that I've got written down. I don't know if that's correct. Just Yep, that is correct. Just in time for spooky season. So it's will you guys be going to see it? Like, is this one of those movies that you're excited for enough to go see it, like, the weekend it comes out? Um, I can't get there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know that's kind of a wet blanket opinion, but I, like, it depends on what else is out. I, can't I guess really it's a fair it. point. I know I'm at least super hyped, but again, I'm like a weird Zombieland super fan where I've seen this movie at least 20 times, if not more. The thing is, like, about that October release date, like, I feel like around that time, if I'm going to go to see a movie, I'm going to feel some kind of pull of, like, okay, if I'm going to go see a movie, I should make it a scary movie because it's spooky season. You know what I mean? And, like, Zombieland ain't scary. But it's got zombies. Joker's also coming out right around there, too. Maybe this just makes me want to get, like, the Regal movie pass that just came out. I know that I'm not going to talk about this as like a, a new news thing, but they did introduce their own like movie pass subscription thing. You have to sign, and P, I know you just said we're not going to talk about this, but um, PSA for those that heard of, that Regal has a new subscription and you're like going to go get it immediately. A friend of mine was like thinking about it. You have to, it's a, there's a year long 
uh, like non-cancelable period. You have to sign up for an entire year. Are you serious? Yeah. It's and it's like I think it's like twenty bucks a month, but it, it also like they filter. There's like an eighteen dollar month plan, twenty one dollar month plan, twenty four dollar month plan, and which one you get is based on like uh, the eighteen dollar plan only has a certain number of feeders that are like in network for it, and then you if you get the twenty one dollar plan, that number increases, and then twenty four you have access to like every theater in America essentially. Um, so it's got like these three weird tiers, and I will say too the. Nerd Bomber, the, the Regals near you are all tier two theaters. So you have to, you have to get the $21 plan. Well, that is just um, nonsense. It's not great. Uh, for those that don't know, I am an AMC Stubbs A-list member. And uh, nothing but great things to say about that uh, experience. I think it's $20 a month. So it's like almost exactly the same price point. Um, three movies a week, uh, totally free. Um, you get like free online reservations, free snack upgrades, and a whole bunch of other things. It's really great. So I will not be switching. But yeah, a year of, you have to get it for a year, which like, wow. See, I'm more of a month to month person because I tend to like wean off movies a little bit during the summer. I know there's like a whole bunch of big blockbusters that always come out, especially like Marvel movies. But, and I mean, even this summer, I've kind of gone a lot because of the disney remakes aladdin lion king spider-man yeah. this movie or this year has been kind of an anomaly in terms of my movie going habits but during the summer i usually don't go to the movies at all unless it's like a thundery day i'm usually or outside drive-in. yeah or the drive-in but that doesn't really count if i have something like this movie subscription from regal shout out to drive-ins drive-ins are the greatest they're the greatest they should never die, and they're like basically dying. So go to a drive-in if there's if there's one near you. Um, I actually find that I have the same problem in the summer. Like, and I ha- I have a list now, but I'm finding that I'm having a hard time keeping up with the costs of it because during the summer, like, yeah, there's a lot of great movies coming out, but I am establishing this huge backlog of movies. Like, I haven't seen Spider-Man yet. I haven't seen the new Tarantino movie yet. I haven't seen any of the Disney remake. Like, there's so many movies I missed. Midsummer, it's gone now. It's out of theater, so I can't even see it, and I wanted to. So, like, I feel like I just have so much going on in the summer, and it's always so nice out that I don't wind up going as much, which you would not expect, because, like, summer movies are a thing. But anyways, uh, Zombieland 2, coming out in October. See it or don't. If you're excited about it, leave us a comment. uh, Tweet at us. We're all on Twitter. We all have... Twitter handles. Should I say what they are? I guess I kind of have to now. Yeah, might Didn't as well. Want to do? Um, I'm at illegal. No, I'm at O O W illegal eighty six. Uh, Nerd bomber is at O W Nerd bomber, and Tectic is at O W Tectic one. Just O W so, Tectic. Oh, whoops! Shoot. O W Tectic. Uh, hopefully they didn't just pause right then and go look for you and not find you. Hopefully they heard the correction. And then we also have our main at online warriors account at online warriors one. That one does have a one at the end of it. Mixing them Keeping up. you on your toes with all the ones. If you search online warriors, it's probably going to pop up. I don't know for sure that it does right away, but anyways, go follow us. Uh, it's a good follow. Let's talk about Roger Goodell. Let's talk about the NFL um, because that is starting up. The, I think the first game is like next week or something. Or it's like this week. I Training camps so, have yeah. started. Um, it's a very exciting time for people like, uh, well, I think all three of us are in fantasy football leagues and are going to be in fantasy football leagues. And we're also just general football fans. So it's a very exciting time, but, uh, some teams, 
I guess some cities, I should say, some states have not gotten over what happened last year. Um, so for those that do not remember, uh, or for those that might not be like the biggest NFL fans in last year's NFC title game, which is essentially the game before the Super Bowl, um, the Los Angeles Rams played the New Orleans Saints. It's a great game by all accounts. It's like back and forth, crazy offense, unbelievable. Um, but it was essentially decided by a pretty egregious, I mean, I don't want to inject my opinion into this, but like, I think it was very, very clearly egregious non-call for pass interference. Basically a receiver got mauled and there was no flag and it essentially handed the Rams the title um, or so uh, the state of Louisiana says. So essentially now... I don't Louisiana think it was just attorney, the state of Louisiana that said that. Well, right. I think, I mean, I just told you what my opinion is on it. But I mean, imagine like watching that and living anywhere near New Orleans. So now uh, there's a Louisiana attorney who is suing Roger Goodell and the NFL um, essentially over that non-call, um, essentially seeking $75,000, which would just be donated directly to charity. Um, there's actually a, uh, a former saint who I believe is it's ALS, uh, and he has an organization that they would donate the money directly to him, or to his organization, I should say. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is we're talking depositions for Goodell himself and for officials from that game. Uh, and I don't know what that deposition would really consist of. It would just be someone sitting down and saying, like, guys, what the heck happened? <laughs> like, if you watch, I mean, if you haven't watched the, the play, go look it up on, like, YouTube right now because it'll be easy to find. And you'll be like, if you know anything about football, you'll be like, wow, that seems wrong. Is that, I mean, is that too far to say that? No, like, it was very obviously a pass interference, if not, like, a dirty hit. Honestly, but I don't think it was. You you can't say well, the refs were in the pocket of someone, right? You can't really do anything, right? That that's the why, whole. Why can't you? Why can't you say that? Because that's the whole thing with having humans making the calls. They're gonna miss things. They're gonna make mistakes. If if anything, this should be a flagship uh, starting point to having computer automated things where it just says, "Yep, that's that's against the rules. Black and white. This is the call." Do you know any computers that would be capable of doing that in real time with like any degree of, cause like then you have a problem of like, people aren't going to trust this computer. Well, I, mean, you could I hear start, what you're saying. You could start with, with simple things, right? Like offsides is an easy one. It can track the ball and it can track the location of the players. Just don't cross this point. This is where the marker is black and white. Sure. And it, you could start taking the steps to, have all these calls and then the more complicated ones right like like the wrong type of hit well you've already got the foundation it's an easy switch that that's my opinion well i mean even if you automated stuff like first downs third downs like if you had some kind of tracker in the ball so that the refs wouldn't have to worry about placing the ball and trying to figure out where to spot it and like you said like the offsides that's super easy if you can take out the easy calls so that the refs can focus on just looking for these dirty plays, then it would make the refs' jobs easier. So then you wouldn't have to necessarily worry about the computer trying to make difficult calls and like figure out body patterns or something, because that would take a lot of machine learning to try to figure out like what kind of hit is dirty or not. But you could make it a lot easier for the refs. I like that idea. Split the split the work. That said, I still do think. Um, so in my opinion, and I'm not a Saints fan, so I'm not biased, 
but I do think that there was something shady to try to set up Tom Brady. And I didn't mean to rhyme, but shady it worked. Brady. Shady Brady. Um, Hashtag Shady didn't, Brady. It didn't work. No, but... It did work. <laughs> it never worked with Tom Brady. It's just, I don't know. I feel like they were trying to actively set him up this season. And... Uh. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I could see this. So a few co- like comments on basically everything you guys all just said. I totally agree that, and like I, I want to make it clear, I don't want to like dogpile on NFL referees. They have like the hardest job in the world. Like, I people hate them. I hate them when they make calls I don't agree with, and I'm watching my team play. It's just part of watching a sport. But like, do you guys remember? I think it was like 2014 or like 20 back when they had the, the refs went on strike and they had to get replacement refs and it was like it was chaos out there oh yeah. and like it, it, it gave you perspective on like wow the refs that we have and like the refs that are deemed good enough to call the games are really really good at their jobs and yeah they miss things and like you said i think it'd be great if uh their jobs could be made easier by not having to, having to worry about trivial things like you know where does the ball go one more another, question. Another th- Do you think yeah, refs, sure. so you have the camera flying across the field all the time, you can get all these points of view. Do refs even need to be on the field? My One of my biggest bones to pick with uh, hockey, for example, is how many times has a puck bounced luckily off of a off a referee's skate and then the, the team that you don't want to win gets a beautiful shot set up for them? I think refs need to be on the field. I hear, I hear what you're saying. I think in football, it's a lot less common that the refs like physically influence a play. Yeah, um, I don't think that's really common. I think it would be interesting if you had another ref, though, to your point, up in the stand somewhere the, or the press box. Yeah. Like Because looking down, you see so much more of the game. And this is a reason why like I love getting 100-level seats for our local team. But there is something to be said about sitting in the nosebleeds. You can literally... Like you see the oh, yeah. entire field and you can watch plays set up. You can see what's going to happen. You can see all the dirty plays that happen that if you're down in the 100s, you would totally miss because it's just a mess in front of you. And so I think if you had one ref at least up in the sky looking down, they might be able to catch some of the things that you wouldn't if you're standing on the field. Well, and, and what I was going to say next is like, and it's something I don't think you guys have mentioned yet, but it's been, it's come up like, I think like every off season for the past few off seasons is uh, replay re- like uh, penalty review. So like if if a coach sees a penal a clear penalty and they have a a challenge flag a separate challenge flag from their current challenge flags that they can throw like it's an, like an orange flag or something and be like, hey man that was a penalty like take a look at that and tell me that wasn't a penalty you know. Um, and then, like you said, you have a ref that's like up in the up in the booth. I, I agree. I love sitting in the nosebleeds. That's the best view of the game. And like, have a ref to say, okay, yeah, this coach is totally right. That was a penalty. Give him fifteen yards. Give him whatever. Um, the main argument against that is that it would slow down the game, which like I personally could give a crap. I don't. I don't. Know. I know it's the a big concern right now. But... The games are already pretty slow, and my only issue with that is that more penalties typically are 
bad. And in this one case and like where people are getting injured and it's a very dirty hit, when you miss that kind of call, it's bad. But I can't tell you how many times I've been frustrated with a game because a huge play has just been made like crazy feats of athleticism on the part of both the quarterback and the receiver. And it's called back because of some stupid holding penalty that did not influence the play whatsoever. I mean, that kind of thing, I feel like if you start giving coaches the opportunity to look for things like that, you're going to slow down the game, you're going to ruin plays that don't need to be ruined. I think in terms of like wow. these big, dirty hits, I feel like there needs to be some kind of like penalty oversight. Like If someone's injured or if it's just a nasty-looking hit, then you can throw the flag. But stuff like holding, I don't really want to see more of that because as it is, that's kind of ruining the game a little bit for me. Well, I think you have, you know, I think if you give the coaches like one of these flags per game, they're not going to blow it on saying like, check if that was holding. Like, I, I it, You might though, if there's like an 80 yard pass downfield, you would throw the flag and hope for holding. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I hear you. Um, there, there I like is the some, original like, idea. Just don't give the coaches the opportunity to call penalties. Just allow more eyes on the field because if it truly is that they just didn't see the hit, right? And that's probably what they're going to come down to, right? Because they don't want to say, yeah, we were in the pocket of so-and-so. If it truly was they didn't see the hit, then the easy answer is they need more eyes or they need less job. Well, less um, tasks on the job. Tasks, thank you. It's not a silver bullet. Like, like I'm pretty sure, and I'd have to watch the clip back again, but I'm pretty sure if you look at this, the call-in question that we're talking about, the Saints-Rams, there's a ref literally, like, hands on his knees looking right at it. Like, right, but what's the and, first like, a few question? few feet away. What's the first question that the audience asks when the ref doesn't see that? Do you need uh, glasses? Are you blind? Are you blind? So yeah. chances are he was blind, and people are just being insensitive. I mean, I will say, and this is probably my conspiracy theory hat on, but as someone who really, really does not like Tom Brady, and I do think that he is a cheater, and that has marred all of his accomplishments in my eyes. Like, I'll give him credit for being athletic into his 40s. I'll give him credit for things he's accomplished. But the fact that he and Belichick have resorted to cheating means that he is not confident enough in his abilities to carry the Super Bowl home on his own merit. That said... I think it was kind of strange where the New Orleans Saints were probably the team that could have contended against the Patriots the best. And not that the Rams are a bad team, but clearly, based on the outcomes of the Super Bowl, they were not a good match to take down the Patriots. So I'm not, I'm not sure I'm willing to go that far. Uh, just the, the, the Saints game. were projected to beat New England by many different professional sources. I will say this. Um, and if, if, if you don't, if you guys don't agree with this, we can edit this out. It is the official stance of the online warriors that we do not like Tom Brady here. So, so yeah, it's obvious we don't live in Boston. If you want to unfollow us, I, I, over that, I guess, go ahead. I'm not changing my mind. Uh, to get back to the, the crux of this and another point I wanted to make. So this Louisiana judge or sorry, this Louisiana attorney is trying to sue Goodell and I guess the NFL for $75,000, which another one of the first thoughts that goes through my head is 
wow, the NFL, for the NFL, $75,000 is like a drop in the bucket. Like they do not care. Like they, I'd be surprised if, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if like Goodell didn't even show up. I was like, yeah, just sue me for that. Fine here. You know, you know, like $75,000, like. I'm sure this will be settled simply because the illegal fees and having a lawyer show up to court and all that kind of stuff will probably be way more than the $75,000 that this guy is asking for. I think at the end of the day, and he probably knows it too, it's a way for this attorney to get his name out there. It's a way for this attorney to basically have an easy win, give back to charity, have a nice little good feel good story for Louisiana. Like, I think they have to settle. I don't think they would waste money on this. And the terrible public perception that would come from any kind of um, deposition. Fighting it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're they're going to mail this one in. Now, the question is, is he going to shave his cut off the top before he donates it to charity? I think with the publicity that this has gotten, I would say no, because he's already said to multiple news outlets that he's planning on donating the entire thing to charity. And at this point that probably looks terrible. And I'm not a lawyer, so I can't speak to how much they make, but I would assume that the publicity and the new business that he'll probably get just from people who are like, oh, this is the guy who screwed over the NFL. Um, I want him on my case. Like He'll make more money than he could if he skimmed some off the top. I mean, I, I, I would like to think too that this attorney is like, maybe do it he's probably like a diehard saints fan he's like doing it for the principle of the thing he's like we got screwed and you're gonna pay for it and like he probably doesn't care about the dollar amount that he's suing for he probably just wants people to know that like yeah they knew they couldn't win this so they settled because we were right and like you know become a local hero or something i don't know but um i mean i give him props i don't even live in louisiana and he's already a local hero in my heart well, there you go, Louisiana. I wish we had his name because we could like call him out by name. But oh, we do have his name, Antonio Lemon. Oh, what a great name! Also, is an amazing name. That's now. a super like <laughs> New Orleans name, Lemon. Yeah. Um. So yeah, shout out to to our guy Antonio. Uh, good luck in the big case. Uh, there are many more cases to be levied against the NFL if you are interested. I imagine. <laughs> Um, let's, let's talk about one of our favorite people, uh, Mr. Ben Checkness, uh, our Patreon producer, shout out to Ben. Uh, so Ben is super cool. Ben supports us at the highest level. He is uh, supporting us on the night level. And, um, as a result, Ben gets access to, um, he's a producer. So he gets shouted out in every episode. Uh, he will soon be guesting on this show. Um, he's approaching that point. Uh, if you, I think if you support for, what's it, three months? Yep. Um, you get a chance to come on the show. Um, he gets some input uh, into our game that we play every week. Uh, he has access to secret segments, which are uploaded monthly, and also to vlogs, which are uploaded monthly. And my vlog for July is about to drop, guys. Get excited. Uh, I don't want to tease it too much, but if you watched, or if you listened to my secret segment from June, it's going to be essentially more of the same. It's going to be an embarrassing story from my past. So, and this one has visual aids. So, very exciting. Um, so, uh, at the Squire level, which is one below night, uh, you still have access to, I believe, both the secret segment and the vlog. And then down at the page level, you have access to just the secret segment? Question mark. Yep, that's correct. Exclamation yeah. mark. 
exclamation. I think we did it. We said the same exact thing last week. I, I think, think so. Um, so yeah, if you want to support us on Patreon, head over to our Patreon and, uh, we really appreciate it. You know, um, doing what we do is, is much easier, uh, with your guys' help. So thanks for that. And, um, speaking of great things, let's talk about PodCoin. Yeah, so uh, PodCoin is a fun new podcast listening app, and you can get that on both iPhone and Android. Uh, It's in the app stores. And basically, you download it, you can listen to any podcast, including the very cool Online Warriors podcast, and you actually get PodCoin for every minute of podcasts that you listen to. And then you get to use that PodCoin for gift cards, you can donate to charity, whatever you want to do. I'm Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm Okami. We are the Super Media Bros Podcast. Each week, we give a comedically informative take on movies, music, television, video games, and much more. Put your shades on and listen to all episodes on SuperMediaBrosPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, shades on. We're off. All right. Thank you, you guys, for that nice little ad segment. Go check them out. And um, let's check out the Blair Witch game trailer, guys. Um, so essentially, uh, a gameplay trailer dropped just a couple of days ago, I think, for um, a new Blair Witch video game. So it's a first-person horror game that purportedly is based off the movie. Um, I will say right now, I have never seen the movie. Have you guys seen the movie? I have seen the movie, and it looks nothing like the game to me. Yeah, we watched the movie, so I didn't see it when it first came out, but I think we watched it probably like three or four years ago. It was on either Amazon Prime or Netflix or something like that. And I will say I was expecting to be scared a lot more than I was. And like Is it is it good? Like I feel like there's a huge stigma surrounding the movie that like people just make fun of it all the time. Well here's the thing. It was the first like it, okay? After that, um they had Encounters of the Fourth Kind came out and a bunch of other movies where it was like the perspective of Oh like uh, found footage. Yeah, Yeah, like paranormal activity. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean if you think about the the Blair Witch was the first that had its marketing campaign because when the movie came out too, I believe people actually thought that it was an actual film footage found in the woods somewhere. Like the way they <laughs> like marketed it, because it was like early internet when it came out, and so they were, like even the website was like, oh, this is like mysterious. This is some like footage that we found in the woods. This is totally real, and people believed it because I mean it was the nineties, so. For th- if you people believe anything in the nineties. Well, it was it was the first of its kind, and people were more gullible. I guess I don't know. It just hadn't been done before. Like if you saw something like that now, like we're on Paranormal Activity fifteen thousand, and it's not a unique type of movie. But at the time, it was. And so if you go in with that lens, and like you thought it was real, heck yeah, it's scary. But now, like being kind of numb to all of that kind of stuff because you have the Cloverfields, because of all of the paranormal activities. It was just kind of like it wasn't that scary. So, yeah, comparing it to Paranormal Activity, that's a fantastic example. Paranormal Activity has like the first person camera footage nonsense, but they also show you like ghosty things. Whereas, yeah, like put it in a room and just like watch ghosts mess with yeah. people. Whereas, Paranormal Activity in, is scary. That movie is really scary. In the Blair Witch Project, it has a person looking at the camera. Did you hear that? What was that? And that's it. And they never, ever, ever show anything. Yeah, they... So, spoilers if you guys haven't seen the movie, but, like, shame on you because it's old, including you, Illegal. Like, you should go watch it. it I'm but, ashamed. 
it's it's one of those movies where they relied a lot on suspense and it was more atmospheric. There were no really jump scares. They kind of built to try to like convince you that a jump scare would be coming. And that was what kind of got me because I spent most of the movie like clutching onto a blanket with like one hand over my eyes, peeking through my fingers, and then nothing really happened. Like there was some right. stuff that goes down towards the end because obviously it's like found footage. So obviously something has to happen for it to be found footage. It's like everybody dies kind of thing. I mean, sorry, spoiler. Disappears. So like, disappears. But like you still don't really even see what's happening. Right. You have it's it's left to your like imagination, I guess. Right. All I know is you're looking up the girl's nose the whole time. That's like what I always hear about it is like she's got the camera pointed at her face and she just her nose is like running grossly. And you're there she's like in the dark woods. I don't know. I'll have to watch it, I guess. <laughs> um so the game uh, it was first announced at E3 this year. I don't think we talked about it on the E3 episode. I think it, it got cut for time. But um, this is the first gameplay footage we're seeing. It's from uh, the, the... I'm going to try to say this name without laughing. The Bloober Team, which is a great name for, for game devs. Um, they're the creators behind Observer and Layers of Fear. Um, and like I said, first person. Um, supposedly, it studies your response to fear and stress as, like, as things happen to you in the game, and it tailors that to you, which is kind of like... Uh, until Dawn did something similar to that. They would like have like these psychiatrist sessions where they would ask you what you were most scared of and then they'd put those things in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I think, think is cool. And this, Layers yeah. of Fear did something similar also. Not that I've played it, but I've heard. Yeah, and like I, it, until Dawn's way of doing it was a little clunky, but it sounds like this is going to do something a little bit more immersive. If um, I play that game, they're going to be like, what are you most afraid of? I'm going to be like puppies, not dogs. Puppies, furry, cute puppies, frighten me. That's what Speak, well, speaking of puppies, you're like best friend in this game, like based on the gameplay trailer. You're this guy in the woods, you have found like a tape, but you're like doing research for something, blah, blah, blah. You see like a bunch of like witch sculptures, but then you have like a German shepherd well, I with think you. you're supposed to be a police officer. I'm trying to recall back from the E3 trailer, but I believe like a boy has gone missing in the woods. So you're there with your dog trying to find him. And I will say... If something happens to the dog, forget what happens to my human character. If the dog gets hurt, I'm going to riot. So yeah, beware. Well, that's a good pooch. I, I mean, you, such you feel a like good boy. A lot of the gameplay, well, not a lot of it, but like they show in the trailer, some of it is like you can like tell the dog like I think the dog's name is Sam, but that might be I might be conflating it with I Am Legend. But like you can like point the dog at like a location and be like hey pooch like dig here and like find like some like bones or you know like maybe he'll find something there so like it seems like it's going to be a pretty important gameplay mechanic other than that it's just like first person you're like walking through like abandoned like shacks and like think scary things are happening to you it looks good it reminded me a lot of i don't know if you ever played this um why can't i think of the name now i was about to say it uh, not Dead Space. It was the game where you're walking around and you've got the flashlight and it was super scary. Outlast. Oh, I, uh, oh, I was going to say, um, Ma- not Max Payne, Alan Wake. Do you oh, play yeah. Alan Wake? I have not that played Alan game. Wake, but I've heard it's great and I have it. I just haven't played it. And you're walking around with a flashlight. So it's, it's, I don't think it's first person. I think it's like weird third person. Um, I love horror games. Like Dead Space is one of my favorite games ever. Um, Bioshock has horror elements. I really enjoyed that. So like I'm looking forward to th- this is 
I'm, potentially high on my priorities list. You are not a horror games person. I'm not a horror game person, but I might try to play this. The interesting thing, so now that I have Game Pass on Xbox, and this one is an Xbox and PC exclusive. Um, oh, crap. Really? I didn't read that. Dang, yeah. sucker. So, I got I got hosed on that. You'll just have to come visit us and play, but I'm assuming that since it's an Xbox exclusive, it'll be on Game Pass because... I think they said that almost every Xbox exclusive will debut on Game Pass. So maybe I'll be able to give it a try for a little bit and see if I can like get not through, not pee my pants. Tactic might have to play this one and then I can just watch because I can kind of, I can do that. I can watch, but playing it myself, I just end up like going really slowly and it takes me forever. Yeah. I'm not an exclusive horror game player. I'm a here, play this. I can't do it. Horror game player. Well then, yeah, it's a, it's like, but then that's fun because it's like it's like a let's play, but the person's in your house and you're just watching them play it. Exactly. And horror games are like that's like the best secondhand gaming. Yeah, when you're so, talking about a same. horror game, you never want to have a sentence say the person's in your house. <laughs> that's <They're>, terrifying. <laughs> the lights are off. It's thundering outside. The power goes out. The person's still playing the game somehow. Well, that's why I couldn't get through until dawn. I know this is kind of a tangent, but like it was dark. I was in my downstairs room, which is like half underground. There was a a window. Creepy basement. Yeah, that's a creepy room to play. It's a creepy room, and like the lights were really low down there, and everyone else was in bed. And I kept thinking, like I saw shadows out the window, and it was freaking me out, man. Just freaking me out. That game is like. It's not the scariest game I've ever played. It's, like, reasonably scary. Scarier than Amnesia. I didn't think Amnesia was that scary. Um, but, yeah. Blair Witch, uh, you know, coming out August 30th, 2019 is uh, apparently the release date. So, coming pretty soon. So, if you're into horror games, if you're into any of the games we've mentioned, uh, check it out. Let's talk about what we've been up to. What if, what what's do our what are you up to Wednesday segment and um, guys I think I'm gonna start today because I'm really excited. Do it up. Uh, got some big news. Um, I won my first ever pub trivia night. Congratulations! It's it's huge, guys. It's it's a huge deal. How many teams um, showed up? There were somewhere we were. The tables were labeled, and we were table 28. So what I can wow. report is there were at least 28 teams. So the format was you could only have up to six players on your team, and it was the theme was the, the Office, like the TV show. And let me tell you, I have never been more suited for a trivia night than The Office. I'm like one of those people that's probably watched the show th- all the way through, like, I don't know, between 10 and 15 times. It's just an estimate. I just finished it again. Um, it's just like my happy place. I watch it when I don't want to pay too much attention. Um, so that was fun. That was a fun experience. Um, I do pub trivia like semi-often, so it was fun to finally win one. It was my first time I ever won. Um, so what kind and, of yeah. appetizer are you going to get with your winnings, assuming that you have to spend that money at the pub? So it was actually... I, I don't even know if they serve food at this place. It's a relatively new bar um that like it's like one of those like they give you a card and there's taps just on the wall and you go up it's like self-serve um so they have like a bunch of different beers and like they do have a bar where they can make you cocktails too um and we won 50 bucks so trivia uh, question we're gonna go back and yeah go ahead beats battlestar galactica and what uh bears (laughs) 
That's an easy, that's easy question, man. I could regale you with like how hard some of the questions were, but I'm not going to do that because I don't want to seem like that big of a nerd, even though this is like a very nerd oriented podcast. What was the hardest no question offense. you got? Um, I mean, do you really want to know? It's a deep, it's a extremely deep cut. It can't be after Jim and Pam get married. It is not. It's like season two. Okay, good. So do, do you remember the episode when all the, the, all the employees like bring their kids to the office? Oh yeah, if you I do. In that episode, Dwight reads the kids a book, and he reads a specific story from that book, and you have to say what the name of the story was. Um, the book is called Struhlpita. It's like a German fairy tale book. Was it Hansel book, and, and Gretel? Reads... No. If any... This is actually fun. If anyone is listening to this podcast and they know what the answer is, no cheating, no Googling, uh, drop me a line on, on Twitter or drop us a line on like Instagram or any of our social media accounts, and I want to see... Uh, if we have any office nuts out there. So, so yeah, that was a really fun thing. And then um, just one additional update is uh, my girlfriend and I have started playing Overcooked, which have you guys played Overcooked? We played it a little bit, but then I forgot what happened. We dropped it and never went back to it. We are loving Overcooked. It's like we've talked about how much we love couch co-op on this show. It is like couch co-op at its absolute finest. It's like, it's kind of a bit of a stress inducing game because the whole point is like, you're like chefs in a kitchen and you have to like get a bunch of orders out. I think like I got too sweaty. I think that might've been it's, it. It gets pretty, I mean, we're already moving pretty rapidly through the game. We just got it this weekend and like, it gets pretty intense, um, but we're really enjoying that. So I just wanted to kind of shout out to Overcooked and um, well, I'll swing it on over to Tactic. What, what do you got for us? So we have been playing... Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 on the Nintendo Switch. And it is, so far, fantastic. Um, the gameplay is good. I have only two complaints that, that I seem to be totally aligned with with the general population. The first complaint is the camera tracking is not great when you're trying to play couch co-op it's always surrounding the first player i'd rather it was kind of more of a static camera view and zoomed out a little bit so that you can see and you're not like trying to stay within this box around player one yeah i will say because a lot of the places where you're like fighting people are pretty like they're rooms it's not like you have this giant area, so there's no reason why the camera couldn't be zoomed out because it is really frustrating when you're trying to go get a guy in the corner, but you can't because the camera is limited to player one. That said, we haven't messed around with the settings, so it might get better, but as is stock condition, not a fan. The second thing is you have a bunch of different characters you can play as, which is really, really exciting, and you can unlock different costumes for all the players. So as you know from the com comic lore, there's tons of different appearances that every, ca every character has. The problem is, as I began to do my research and got really, really excited when, when I found out that Venom is a playable character, is that they didn't try very hard as, as far as the alternate skin goes. So base Venom is standard black with the the white spider on his chest. Um, alternate costume Venom is purple with a spider on his chest. They didn't do 
the ant- anti-venom or or even like like maybe a carnage skin they, they could have done a lot with that and they didn't um and then the the same option goes across all of the characters it's not so much a different skin as it is just a palette change and that just seemed lazy to me yeah it doesn't seem great but i mean overall i will say the gameplay is fun i mean it, it is what i expected it to be um knowing what the previous games were like it's a very button mashy type game but there is enough of a ta- challenge especially when you get into I, I believe it's like riffs or whatever there's like a, a challenge section of the game and they're actually pretty difficult and it's definitely leaving me um wondering about different techniques it makes you want to build different teams because even if you're around the same level that they suggest it's still pretty difficult to beat all of the objectives that they give you it's a grind but it's fun like with the camera complaints and the stuff like that aside i'm still having a lot of fun with the game Duly noted. I've never played any... The, the most button-mashy games I've played have been, like, Spider-Man and Batman, which, like, really aren't. Like, the com- the combat's kind of button-mashy, but not really. So, I, I can't say I've dabbled too much in that arena. Um, and I guess Mortal Kombat, I played, like, once or twice, but I was really bad at that, so... Uh, Nerd Bomber, what do you have for us? Uh, so, I have been reading a book called Street Freaks by Terry Brooks, and he wrote the Shannara, I I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, series. Um, It's a pretty well-known fantasy series. And the book is basically about um, this this kid. His father works at a bioengineering company in the very far technological future. And he gets a message from his father basically saying, like, people are after us. You have to run, go to this place in this like grimy neighborhood of LA and find a place called street. LA. Yeah. Um, and then from there, it basically turns into like a, a sci-fi futuristic thriller thing where there are kids like him who are tweaked. Um, they have like cyborg components. There's one kid who's a robot with a human head. There's another kid who's been like genetically modified to be like a super soldier, but he didn't have like the killing gene, so he was discarded. Does he find out that he was tweaked and he didn't know it? I don't want to give any spoilers away, man, so I'm just going to not answer that question. Um, The thing that I found interesting, so I really, I obviously enjoyed the book because I finished it in a weekend, um, but I picked it up in the library and the adult section and just warning if you're not a young adult fan which i don't care either way i read young adult books all the time no shame um because well, you're a young adult but it, it there's definitely in the very beginning of the book it does feel like it's a more teen oriented book and then it finishes weirdly mature like there's a lot of mature themes at the end so it's kind of an in-between book um i did enjoy the plot some of the writing was a little wonky it was very just like kind of choppy but in like kind of stream of consciousness. But overall, I thought the story was pretty good. And it's a one-off, which was exciting because I just came off the Tyrolean series, which was a super long three-book series that I did enjoy. But just having something like standalone was kind of cool. The world I thought would be interesting. I'd be very pleased if they somehow adapted this into a movie because I think it would be interesting. Or even like a book. Or not a book, a game, like a game based off the book where you could have a character that could be tweaked in ways that like these kids were tweaked. It'd be fun. I would definitely recommend. Check it out. This dude has written so many books. It's like honestly crazy. 
He has like all of them are the Shannara series, but still, like a lot of books, guys. If my theory is correct, it sounds very Marvel esque, where it's like kid was born, father did modification when he was young, father's gone, kid has superpowers, got to figure it out and definitely, uncover what happened to his dad. I mean, I will say that the plot is somewhat predictable. Um, so it is pretty easy to figure out when you start reading. Like, you kind of know what's going to happen. But the characters overall, I thought, were pretty interesting. I liked them all. There was no character that was just like, oh, you're super annoying. So that that's always a perk. Sometimes you read books and you're like, ugh, I can't stand this character. But In the theme of today, were there any bionically modified puppies? Unfortunately, no puppies. No animals whatsoever. But I would recommend the book if you're, especially if you're like a plot based reader, I would say definitely check this out. It moves super quick. Like I said, I got through it in a weekend. Granted, I read a lot this weekend, but I got through it in a weekend and I would definitely recommend. Well, there you have it. Shout out to Street Freaks by Terry Brooks. Um, Before we move into our our game to close things out, we do want to give a brief update on the Fantasy Movie League. And there's some exciting news, guys. I mean, just crazy. Tactic won his first week. So let's just give him... He brought me to second place, my home. My sweet, sweet home. Applause. Yeah, so, so um, I, was, I was right behind you this week. I came in second on the week. Um, but overall... Nerdbauer, what happened this week? I don't know, man. You were down, you were down at six this week. I did not anticipate Lion King having as rough of a weekend as it did this weekend. Um... Nerdbomber was way down in six this weekend, but overall, she is still in a very comfortable first. Um, there are two weeks to go, and she's $20 million up on Tectic, so still probably feeling pretty comfortable. Um, Tectic is only $3 million or so, between three and four, ahead of Devin Reed, who's really just right there with you. Um, Spitfire is down, uh, oh boy, down at $626 million, so... 100 million or so behind Nerd Bomber. So quite a big gap there. And then I'm down at 593. So quite a bit away from him. I'm down at fifth. That's probably where I'm going to be staying. Let's be honest. After- the, folks, the folks keeping tabs on this are real, real into what's going on between myself and Devin Reed. Because that's where the, the high stakes, close competition's at. I mean, I will say looking at the list here, easily the closest gap. And it's like not even close. Because after me, there's like almost 200 million drop so oh more than 200 million drop so after fifth it really drops off you have hipster pop geek mecha yoda question you're welcome and looks like a newcomer k techlets um is down at the bottom with with zero um maybe just trying to get there i'm just gonna call them techlets i'm gonna say though so you're looking at the overall but we've had a lot of people join this season after like well into the season and so looking at just the weekly rankings because that's what I mean, the overall is great, but I, I kind of just more focus on the weekly. And Mecha Yoda came in on in third place, and he was pretty close. He was only one million behind you, illegal. Yeah, there were quite a few people that were close. And it was Spitfire very close was right next to him. Like they were within like sixty thousand dollars, and then Devin Reed was was within a million. So it was just yeah. me and Hipster Pop Geek down in the bottom. Next season's gonna be close. It really is. The top five this week, yeah, was all within five million. And I, yeah, I think some people are just kind of getting their account set up, getting ready for that season. That'd be, that'll be season three, right? Um, yes, I believe so. And that's going to start August 10th. 
and no, sorry, August 17th and 18th, I think, uh, that weekend. So uh, we have two more weeks to go here. We're going to finish things out, and then we'll start season three with what looks like quite a few contenders. Uh, right now we're at nine, and that 10th slot could be yours. So um, if you're interested in playing Fantasy Movie League, head on over to uh, Fantasy Movie League. And uh, our our league name is Online Warriors Podcast, and it's a private league, but the podcast, the title, sorry, the password for the uh, the league is podcast all lowercase. So definitely check it out. We'll be happy to have you. Yeah, come join us. With that said, I'm super excited. This is probably the first time I've hosted like a real trivia game in quite a long time. That's because you've been doing terrible. I know, but I actually, I did great <laughs> last week. We both did great, but I did better. Yeah, you were getting on the nose answers. Yeah, so I'm super excited. Um, this week, uh, Ben did not get a vote in in time, so I arbitrarily chose the topic for the quiz, and it is going to be Apollo 11 trivia, because we actually had something super exciting happen to us over the weekend. Um, On our Instagram account, which is at Online Warriors Podcast, we actually had an Apollo 11 astronaut follow us. So we were super flattered, super excited. We're all aerospace enthusiasts like love space and it's freaking exciting so shout out to To michael collins michael collins thank you for following us and in your honor we will be doing apollo 11 trivia this week hopefully we'll do it michael yeah michael if you're listening i'm sorry i know nerd just said we're all aerospace enthusiasts and we are but i am not optimistic going into this i'm not i'm not feeling very uh very smart on this. So let's see what happens. Okay, so these are all number-based trivia statistics that I will be giving you. We're going to do another Price is Right style quiz where um, whoever is closest without going over will win. But if you go over, you bust. So I've got seven questions. I did an odd number, so we'll make it easy to see who has the best out of seven. So I'm going to do the first one. According to PBS... How many people would need to be involved if the Apollo 11 moon landing was a conspiracy? Oh my gosh, this is an amazing question. Tectic, do you want to go first or do you want me to go? I'm going to go ahead and go first. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say 57 people. Okay. Illegal, what do you have? I'm going to say 58 because it's higher than that. Okay, so by default, illegal wins because it's 400,000. And again, that is just PBS's estimate. But I just want to emphasize, and again, if you believe that the moon landing did not happen, I don't know what to tell you, but our official stance at the Online Warriors (laughs) podcast is that it was a real thing that (laughs) happened. So 400,000 people would have needed to be involved in pulling off a conspiracy of that size. Hey, um, by the way, you're a terrible person, illegal. Uh, 58 seriously seriously well, okay dude okay you, i'm just i'm just uh praying on okay you really got 57 i mean it's you you would need to get all of nasa do you think nasa only has 57 people working for yeah, you had margin on that one you weren't even confident mr 58 i was i honestly i'll be honest i'm keeping the point but i'm gonna i'm gonna like open you know uh you know to explain my strategy i was gonna go with a million but then i was like i could be over and that would be really dumb so i went with the smart strategy sue me you can do the same thing to me on the next question what no i'm gonna sue you i i know a guy his name's antonio antonio levon he's not available currently yeah Um, he's busy suing the nfl so 
With that, the next question, question two. When Apollo 11 landed on the moon, how much fuel, in terms of time, did the craft have left? When it landed on the moon. When it landed on the moon. Well, they would have needed to have some time to get back to the to the thing. How much time did it? In terms of time, I'm going to say 28 minutes. All right, Tactic, what do you have? I'm going to say 29 minutes, you jerk. Smart man. Hey, you know what? That's smart. Okay, so that wasn't so smart because you both went over. They had 25 seconds left of fuel. Wait, how did they get off the th- off the? Yeah, you have planet. to achieve escape velocity. It's, it's not a planet. So I think the, that was. How did they get off the moon? Was it a set? Oh, you know what it was? It was probably a they 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 probably have a separate thrust system to get off. So like that was like liquid fuel for landing, and they probably had a solid state rocket to get in the atmosphere of the moon, out of the moon, you know? And then there was an uh, orbiting craft around the moon that picked it up. Either way, we're both wrong. Yep. Um, All right. Fair enough. <laughs> so the next question, since you both busted, was... So now we might tie. Yeah, that is a possibility. But these questions, they vary, so we'll see. How much did the flag that the astronauts planted on the moon cost... In U.S. dollars. In what year? Uh, was it 50 years ago? Yeah. So let's call it... I'm going to go two grand. I don't think it's that much. I hope it's not that much. I'm, I'm going to say... I'm going to say $50. All right, Inflation, you, man. You both busted again. Dang it, what the crap. They I should have said $1. For $5.50 at Sears. Way to go, Sears. Very high-quality flag. So, okay, so now we might not tie. We're, we suck at this. I mean, I did say this is, this is all over the place, so you never know. For how many days were the astronauts quarantined after returning from the moon? Oh, crap. If you I saw First right Men or First Man... You should have a good idea. I didn't. Tactic, did you see this movie? Well, you're guessing first. He did see this no, movie, I gu- though. I, I guessed first on the last question, didn't I? No, Tactic did. Oh, my gosh, you're right. Oh, crap, I'm guessing first. So you're going to make me look a fool. Uh, you know what? 60 days, two months. I'm going to guess 30 days. All right, you both busted again. It was Crap. 21 days, so three weeks they were quarantined. I remember it was something like a month. Yeah, I mean, three weeks, but that's 21 days. <laughs> Math checks out. <laughs> Crap. All right, so moving on we to the suck. next it's one. 21 which days in a month. I hope you don't bust on this one. but I hope I win one to zero. <laughs> that's how this ends. How many full keep- hours was the Apollo 11 mission? From like takeoff yes. to landing on the moon mm-hmm. to returning how many full hours was the apollo 11 mission door to door i'm gonna go with 96 hours all 
right, illegal. Really, what do you got? I'm really glad that you went first. I think that's a really good guess, first of all. Um, I am going to say it was shorter. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 48. I'm gonna cut it in half. All right. So you should have scooped him like you did the last time. Tactic gets this point. It was 195 hours and 18 minutes. Oh my God, we're stressful times. Yeah. How many questions are left? There's two more questions. You could still tie. That is a possibility. But somehow I don't think that's going to happen with you guys busting left and right. Really, really good at this game. Well, we're tied now. So if we bust on both questions, then we tie. It's neck and neck. All right, so the next question is, how long did the astronauts spend walking on the moon in full hours? Oh, yeah, I go first. Um, Boy, you should be able to use the last answer and, like, get a reasonable estimate for this. I'm going to say the same. No, that would be dumb. No, yeah, I'm going to say the same answer I said last time. I say 48 hours. I'm going to say for about a quarter of the entire mission, they were walking around out there. All right. I'm going to say one hour. Okay, so that's a little bit more reasonable. Um, no, they were out there for two days. <laughs> no, they were out there for two hours and 34 minutes. So Technic oh, gets this one. I just picked oh, the no. lowest denomination. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I say 48? That is a really long time. Like, do you think they brought that much in like oxygen tanks on board? Yeah, they they had to bring liquid oxygen, which is heavy. Well, plus we would, but it lasts a long time because it is liquid. So, all right, you know what? I don't want to talk about it. I'm going for the tie. All right, so bring it on. The final question: How many people watched the moon landing on television? (sighs) Okay, tactic guesses first, so that gives me a chance. Eight million people. All right, illegal. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna guess eight million and one because that's not in the spirit of the, of the game. Um, I I think it's definitely higher than that. Although, how many people had televisions? I'm gonna I'm gonna double it. I'm gonna say sixteen million. All right, so you were both very far off, but illegal does get this one by virtue of oh. Price is Right rules. Six hundred million people were estimated oh. to have watched. The moon landing on television. I didn't think that many people had TVs. Well, it's in the world. Yeah, it was worldwide. So did we tie? You did tie, but I'm going to look up one last. Let's do a tiebreaker. Tiebreaker yeah. question. Um, uh, Michael Collins, Mr. Collins, I'm I'm sorry, man. I feel like we're I feel like we're uh, bringing shame upon our houses by not knowing anything about what you did. I apologize for that. We'll make it up to you on this on this tiebreaker question. Maybe. Hopefully. All right. So the tiebreaker question is how many lunar orbits did the Columbia make? Columbia. <laughs> What's the Columbia? I, I go for- on its tr- return to Earth. I go first on this and I, I literally I'm not even sure I understand the question. So this is this is really good. How many lunar like, orbits, how many orbits around the moon did the Columbia, which was the, the that was rocket the Apollo ship. 11 shuttle? Yes. Oh, uh, okay. Well, then this, boy, I mean, 
one. One. I'm saying one. I'm saying it did, a, it did a quick lap and. Well, I don't know if is this like from when it picked them up or during the whole mission. Oh shoot! Yeah, I screwed up. Just say two, man. I I earned this defeat. You're asking me more information than I have okay. in front of me. I'm gonna go three. All right, so they did 30 lunar orbits. Dang, all right. Yeah, I deserve that. God, you know, congratulations, Tactic. You you uh, you earned that one. It's not a big deal. Don't make it a big deal. All right, congratulations, Tactic. You have officially won Apollo 11 trivia. It's because I'm kind of a badass slash genius. continuing my losing streak. It's now extended to two. Not that, it's not that high of a, of a losing streak, so I'll be fine. Um, Another shout out we, to Michael Collins. Thank you for following. I hope we did you justice with our trivia. We appreciate you. You're awesome. That, we have so much to learn still. I know the Apollo 11 mission was awesome. We're mind blown that you're following us. We're honored, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you to all our other listeners and followers as well. Uh, we really appreciate all you guys and uh, we love doing this. So um, we're looking forward to doing it again next week. And until then, we'll uh, have, have a good week. Yeah, if you guys enjoy what you hear, don't forget, we'd appreciate if you can share with your friends or your family, give us a review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on, and don't forget to check out our Patreon. Like Ben, you too could support us, get some exclusive content, and really help us along and support our podcasting endeavors. So thank you guys, and we will see you next week. See ya.